What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers in what has been a really big week in Pacers news. Sham Sharania from The Athletic reported that the Pacers are now looking to rebuild, now looking to trade some of their key players for assets, looking to get Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson more playing time. And then something interesting happened. And Justin, we've had really good feedback on your rants. So you know what? I'm going to give you an opportunity to rant straight off the bat here. Have the Pacers done everything possible to walk back that report since it happened? Oh, top of the show rant. I'm, uh, I'm getting exclusive in this world. Yeah. Look, it's funny. The Pacer Nation was seemed up and about after Shams' tweet. They were like, oh, exciting news. Maybe ownership's finally agreed to uh, a rebuild, which I seem like definitely all us three want um, and need. And yeah, um, I think you're right, Adam. I think they've gone back, you know, listening to Rick Hull after the Knicks win uh, last night. I don't believe it. I, I, I really don't believe it. You know, they said they met with Miles Turner, um, Karis LeVert, DeMontis Sabonis, and basically said, look, we want to win with this group. So I think they have taken a step back. Um, and I'm kind of sitting on the fence now going, look, this rebuild that Shams has tweeted about that we're going to do, I'm going to sit back and say, hey, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. It's, it's really hard because... It was such a clear report with such clear reporting about ownership, about young players, about the next moves. And then, like, I guess on the flip side, play, playing devil's advocate, what, it, what are they going to do? Go out and say, yeah, you know what? Everyone's tradable. We're, we're going to try and lose a bunch of games. You know, on the flip side, you, you can't really do anything but what they've done. But to be probably as strong as they have... And to not be, you know, probably a little bit more cryptic, a little bit more sort of smoke and mirrors about the whole thing, but to be as strong as they have, like using the term trades can happen at any time. Well, that's that's every day in the NBA. That's not just now. Alex, do you believe the original report from Sham Sharania saying that a rebuild is actually going to happen? Or do you think that it will be a little bit of a false start in terms of it will be more of a retooling? It will be more of a reset, more of a, you know, an 18-month rebuild? You stole the words right out of my mouth, mate. I was literally just about to say it's a retooling. Because first of all, they can't rebuild because they extended Brogdon. So uh, even if they wanted to blow it all up, they really couldn't. Um, and then obviously uh, you, no one knows what TJ Warren is. So if they wanted to trade him, well, realistically, what are you going to get? Right. Like maybe a pick at best if you're lucky. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it was ever going to be a full rebuild. Um, it is funny, the timing of it all to me, it's almost like Rick Collar wanted 20 games just to see, uh, who he liked and who he didn't like. And you know, who he, who he thinks he's going to pick going forward because in the article, the most interesting part was Karis Levert and DeMarcus Sabonis or Miles Turner, right? So yeah. they stressed the fact that it was going to be one of the bigs, which we've obviously talked about at length. So that doesn't really surprise me. But yeah, it, it, to me, it was definitely more of them saying, all right, let's try to retool this year. And if it doesn't work, then we can trade Brogdon in the offseason and go full rebuild if we have to. 
it's it's going to be. I think I'm almost in your camp, Justin. Who I'll believe it when I see it because I don't know what Pritchard would be willing to accept for two of his existing starters. I mean, you've got probably about $35, $36 million in outgoing salary when you combine one of Sabonis and Turner and Karis LeVert. You've got, you know, Turner, I think, has got two seasons left after this one. Sabonis has got three seasons left after this one. So really long deals, um, at least on the big side. Uh, I think Karis has got at least one season left after this one as well. So you are getting starting quality, starting caliber NBA players back. So who would be interested in that trade? And I, I went through all of the teams this morning that have, I guess, a hole at center or a, or a substandard, I guess, um, situation at center. And the only ones that I could really come up with, Milwaukee, Brooke Lopez is injured. Um, I think Charlotte is one that's been linked to Miles Turner for years, literally. Uh, Boston has a less than optimal center situation. Toronto doesn't really have a clear center situation. Golden State has James Wiseman, and and it remains to be seen whether he's part of their, you know, immediate future, given that they're contenders. Um, and then you've got uh, San Antonio and Portland, who have centers, have um, Nurkic and and Pertle, but neither of them really has, I guess the backing of the franchise completely as a franchise center. So you've got, you've got plenty of suitors for Demata Sabonis and Miles Turner in the league. I think every other team in the league either is happy with their center situation or has a better situation, but what do you realistically expect to get back for two starters? Well, I I mean, if you package Sabonis and Karis LeVert, you're going to get a pretty good package back. Like, Let's not scoff at that. I know, yeah. you know, it's been tough being a Pacer fan right now, but mate, if, if a team wants Karis LeVert and Sabonis, Pacers should, you know, expect some good future picks at least and some young promising players. Personally, I think just looking from the other team's perspective and not the Pacers for a second, I think if Golden State got Sabonis, they will win the championship. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. Like it, and and I feel like there's a deal there in the works with like you uh, mentioned Adam with Wiseman, um, you know Golden State have got a few like Kaminga I think as well. They could give us some young players and they get the big man. Sabonis so would fit absolute perfect with Steph Curry uh, and Clay Thompson. Like it's actually scary to think how good that would be, but um, that's obviously not thinking about the paces too much. Um, yeah, I I think it's going to be really interesting to see what we do. We we're talking before the show, Adam. I. I think they'd be stupid not to make a deal before the deadline, no matter what the record is. I don't yep. care if the Pacers has gone a 10 game winning streak. It's going to mask problems that we have. Um, and Rick Carlisle kind of mentioned in his post game presser as well. He was like, you know, Kevin Pritchard really hasn't made a in-season trade since he's been here. So whether he was kind of saying, look, it's not going to happen again, or this might be the first year. I, I just think it's a bit of like egg on our face. If, if we sit here, if, three games under 500 come February and it's like, oh, we've made a little run. It's like, yeah, but what does that mean in the long run? Like, it means nothing. We're not going to make the playoffs this season. We all know it. Um, I think it's time to bite the bullet. Um, it, I cringed. It's not Rick Carlisle's fault, but I absolutely cringed when he said about injuries to Justin Holiday and TJ yep. McConnell. Yep. And, you know, it's, oh, dude, seriously, I know it's not your fault. You're new here, but we have heard this for years. 
That's not the reason we are where we are. Alex, I want to ask you about Golden State or more specifically, a Golden State the best trade partner that the Pacers have in terms of a team that is ready to receive a veteran player that can make a difference and has young players that have potential to give back. They have a much better offer than the Lakers. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Lakers fans think THT is going to get him Sabonis straight up. So, um, yeah, wow. look, uh, I mean, you were you were talking about Sabonis, Justin. I think Miles would fit there perfectly as yeah. well. So, yeah. literally, you could plug either big in, and uh, obviously, the Warriors are amazing regardless, and they're going to be a contender. But if they feel like they've got this last window with Steph and Clay and Dre in this core, maybe they do pull the trigger and give up Kaminga and Wiseman and say, you know, yeah, those guys are going to be good in a few years, but we want to lock ourselves in for a championship now. So I, I could absolutely say that. I think Dallas is another team. They're, they're really struggling right now. Miles, obviously from Dallas. So that would make sense. Uh, Timbles really want him. Apparently uh, I think he would be good next to cat just defensively helps him out. So they're, they're, look, if not the Warriors, there are a ton of teams, but obviously Golden State have a lot of those young pieces that could, uh, fit in for a rebuild those trade partners that you just mentioned just they worry me a little bit and dallas would not be good for a return for the paces no no and and (laughs) to be honest uh yeah i I don't want him anywhere near dallas i also don't really want him anywhere near minnesota because what have minnesota got to offer that would actually allow the paces to to get better longer term i mean uh, D'Angelo Russell is is not something that I'm at all interested in in terms of a return. Anthony Edwards is not happening. Carl Anthony Towns is not happening. So what then? Um, so I think the Timberwolves worry me a little bit as a trade partner unless there's potentially multiple unprotected picks involved, um, at least one. And Dallas, you know, has surrendered most of their picks. And the thing about Dallas is if you trade a player to Dallas, they have Luka Doncic. So they are always going to be at least pretty good to a play, at least a playoff team, a low level playoff team. So you're never going to get a lottery pick back. So, you know, you can trade miles, but you're never getting a lottery pick back. Whereas if you traded miles to Charlotte and you got a future pick, there is a chance there because Charlotte don't have a track record of being good for very long that you could get a better pick out of that particular deal. Uh, If you traded him to Toronto, Toronto are not, you know, going all that well this season and probably have a young team over the next couple of years. Maybe they want a guy like Sabonis as an all-star, um, a former all-star to be able to pair with guys like Fred Van Vliet, GM Noby, et cetera. So maybe a pick there is more appealing, but um, a pick from Minnesota is always appealing because they are always terrible. A pick from Sacramento is always appealing because they're always terrible. So those are the franchises I think Justin, if you're going to look for a pick, you want franchises with a track record of being terrible for long periods of time. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, like Sacramento rings a bell to me. Um, you know, there's De'Aaron Fox rumors that, you know, that he could be on the move and, you know, could we partner up with Sacramento? I'm always leaning, like these teams I mentioned, like Golden State, Sacramento, I always lean towards looking at the Western Conference because Pacers yep. are historically always trade to the other conference when they trade good players. So that's why I kind of lean towards them. Um, but yeah, it was funny. Like you mentioned, well, I mentioned on the last episode, I don't know if I was overreacting, but I said, I, I really actually want to hear from Kevin Pritchard. Like yeah. we're 20 games into the season. I said, you know, it's a bit ridiculous for a GM to come out at this point, but I feel like it was necessary. And it seems like, I feel like I was right. We, we do need to hear from him as a fan base to say, what what's going on with this team? We're last in attendance. Now there's rumors you're going to blow it up. Now the next day, oh, the coach is saying, oh, don't believe it. We've had a meeting with the players. We want to win with you guys. It's, it's becoming very frustrating being a fan because we've talked about what's their three-year plan, five-year plan for a while. Well, what's their one-year plan now? The fans don't know. Are we sticking with this group the rest of the year yep. or are we going to wake up one morning in Australia for us three and just go, oh, cool. The only starter we've got left is Malcolm Brogdon. So um, I think, yeah, it would be good to get some truth come through soon. Um, I'd say if they haven't made a deal by late Jan, first week of Feb, it's just going to depend on the record if they pull the pin or not. And unfortunately, hate to say it, but yeah, I don't, I really don't hope they just pile up some useless wins if that's not too harshly to say. Look, it's entirely possible. And I was just looking at the standings and we are literally four games out of the playoff, three games out of the playoffs right now. Oh, and don't say it. Seriously. We play are in, three. boys. Play in. Let's go. <laughs> we, we are, you know, we're three games out of the playoffs. We're two and a half games out of the play-in tournament. And that's scary. Like, it's, it's a really weird situation to be in as a fan when you're actually scared of wins when you're actually scared of your team going on a run of three four five wins in a row because it gives them a false sense of where they are because we've seen this team hold on to that sort of run hold on to that sort of form for a long period of time previously so based on previous experience uh it's a very weird situation to be in where alex you, you kind of don't want to see the team win you know what it is? Every time I root for the Pacers to win, they lose. Yeah. Every time I root for us to lose, they win. So I, I, I'm at the point where I'm watching Pacers games and just I, I'm emotionless at this point. Like I'm rooting for all, all the guys to play well individually, and they actually have, like, especially Sabonis, like Turner, they played well today, Duarte. All, like that's a great, like, I, I love when they play well individually. But again, like Justin, you kind of said it, like, winning does nothing for us. Like I can't get hyped when we win a game because. What's that going to do? Like we make the play in or at best we get the eight seed and we get swept by the nets or something like, well, that doesn't make me happy. So yeah, well, it's a tough spot to be in. Do you know, do you know you guys know who the hottest team in the league is currently? The Rockets, mate. The Rockets. <laughs> the Rockets. And they, they have more of a game plan than the Pacers right now. So what does that tell you? Houston, people say Houston were going to be the worst team of all time. 
they've got the same amount of losses as the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. And they've got a future to build around. So if anyone's questioning us why we're going, oh, Pacers, you know, we still can make the playoffs. We have the same amount of losses as Houston. They've got their number two pick injured and they've got a future of young players. So that's why we're saying we need to rebuild. Yeah, it's... And it's almost it's almost worse to have that carrot dangled of the Shams article saying that a rebuild is on the cards, and then seeing kind of nothing after that. Like because it's almost as we as we said at the top of the show, it's almost like they're walking back, that back because they don't want attendance to suffer, but attendance has already suffered as much as almost it can possibly suffer. We have the worst attendance in the league. So did you hear Carlisle actually brought that up? No. He did. He actually said, uh, you know, the state of Indiana working hard, blah, blah, blah. But he said, we've got to make fans want to come to watch us. We, we need people in the building again. So, you know what that means? They've actually spoke about that at upper yep. management, say, we are last in attendance. What is going on? Fans need hope. I mean, if, if the fan, we've said it, we've said it, I don't know how many times, if there was just a direction that's yeah. different to the direction that we have been on for the past three, four years, then that would be hope enough, I think, uh, to bring fans in the building. If we traded for a young player, if we traded for a James Wiseman even, um, I don't necessarily think that's the right thing to do. But if we did that, if we showed that we were committed to retooling with young guys on rookie deals, I feel like the fans would respond to that and want to see... Jackson, Wiseman, Duarte out there, three guys under 25 and, you know, pair that with a veteran in Brogdon to try and sort of guide them through and teach them how to be a professional and TJ Warren coming back. Like that's, that's a starting five that I can get a little bit excited about. That's starting five that I can, you know, I know is going to give it their all, but at the same time, it's probably not going to win that many games, but that's okay. Cause Hey, he's another lottery pick and we can get a little bit better. So I feel like until we see evidence of this rebuild that everyone is now talking about, um, it's not happening. And then when we see evidence of that rebuild, the question becomes, is it a move to get worse now and better in the future? Or is it Miles Turner for PJ Washington, that lateral move we keep talking about where it's just, quite literally going one step forward, one step back. And this team then has Sabonis, PJ Washington and the remaining supporting cast. Um, The reason that I guess I was a little bit more excited about the fact that Levert and one of the bigs was being discussed is when you get up into the $30 million range, you start talking about either terrible contracts that teams want to get rid of, which they will package with picks to get rid of or disgruntled all-stars. Now, Ben Simmons is a disgruntled all-star. Chris Stapps Porzingis is an albatross contract that Dallas want to get rid of. But as we said, they won't be make, they'll be making the playoffs pretty constantly, particularly if they had Miles Turner and Karis LeVert on their team. They would not just be making the playoffs. They would be almost at that contender level if they went from Chris Tapps, Porzingis to Turner and, and Levert. So first round picks from Dallas would mean diddly squat. The, the key for me would be, and the ideal trade partner is Golden State. Because if we got one of Wiseman and Kaminga, then at l- the very least, we know we've got a, 
19, 20, 21 year old kid that we've said, we need to wait until you're ready. And that when you're ready, we will then be ready to contend. And that might take two seasons. And that's an admission, Justin, that we now have to wait that two seasons in order to get it into place where we're ready, which is better. Yeah, than definitely. For sure. And I was actually thinking today while watching the Knicks game, um, my goal for the season, for next season, and I know this is a pretty big call, but my goal for the team is Chris Duarte to be the best player on the team. Yeah. And that's not saying I want him to be a 28-point scorer next year. I want him to be nearly the face of the franchise because we've rebuilt that much. That's how that's how badly I want this rebuilt, Alex. Like, we, I don't know. How, uh, yeah, how long can we keep doing this? Like, if they make a... If, I tell you what, if they make a lateral move, like you were saying, Adam, mm-hmm. where it's, it's turn, I will blow my rocket. I will, you have to set 10 minutes aside on this podcast for me and you have to use the bleep button in your editing because I, I can't do that. Like seriously, if they make a lateral move, how do you sell that to the fan base? Oh, this team's not working. We still want to compete. Nah, I'm, I'm talking on behalf of the Pacer Nation. No one will go for that crap, will they, Alex? What about Gordon Hayward, mate? Hornets fans oh, want rid of him. Oh, no. <laughs> I just want do, to do they want rid of him? Yeah, I've seen a lot of fans, like a surprising amount of Hornets fans say they want a Hayward for Turner trade. So we're going to have to bring those talks back, I think. Uh, I, th- I just think a lateral move is the worst thing you can do. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd nearly rather the starting five just run it back again because the lateral move <laughs> is just more embarrassing. I, I just think it's time where I don't, I was thinking before when you were talking, Adam. Obviously, being a fan for ages, ages. I don't can't remember a time when they've actually traded for a team's lottery pick, and I've had to like invest in another team losing. I can't remember them never. ever doing that. Never. They don't never. do it, do they? They never do it. They and and that is because of one very simple reason: by trading for a lottery pick, that means you are making that team better and you are making yourself worse in the short term and the Pacers have never wanted to sacrifice the short term for the long term before which is why it's you'll be hearing if you're listening to this podcast none of us believe this is happening yet not one of us has ever has said on this podcast that we believe this thing is this rebuild is actually happening despite everyone's excitement I was excited when the report came out because I thought that it would be followed up with some significant information saying talks progressing to send X player and Y player to Z team, but that didn't happen. What happened was we had a meeting. We want to win. The trades are possible. I love this group. I like these players. They want to win. Karis LeVert, best, best performance that I've seen of his. Great. Are you padding his trade value? Do you want to keep him? Who knows? We don't know what to believe. We don't know who to believe. All we know is we want something to change, but we don't believe that change is necessarily going to happen. So this podcast moving forward will continue to act like it could happen. And we'll start to talk about some trades. We'll start to talk about some draft prospects because it is better to do that than to talk about the performances that we've seen lately. Today's aside, today's ironically, and I want to end on this, was a great performance, but it took turmoil and it took a really bad situation to have these players pull their finger out of their rear ends and submit a good performance. Now that tells me 
that their heads are not screwed on properly. That tells me that there is something fundamentally wrong with the chemistry of this team, that it takes national attention to bring about one of the more impressive wins of the season in terms of the starters output. The starters were lights out today. They're all great. So why did it take a national audience and talk of a rebuild, Alex, to have these guys doing this well? I think, I don't know. Do you guys think it's a leadership thing? Oh, like I really yeah. don't think this locker room has any real leader. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like talk crap about anyone on the team. There's no alpha. Like, I think, yeah, I think like Brogdon has tried to be a leader. Turner's tried to be a leader, but like we just don't really have that locker room guy who can just hold it all together. I remember like David West is kind of that guy when I first got into basketball. So I feel like we we need to get back to you know if if they are going to retool it or whatever they are, it's one trade is not going to do it because you still have no leader, right? So in, that's inherently the issue, I think. In the corporate world, I've often um, abided by or seen that a team takes on the personality of its leader or the team takes on the personality of the most dominant or, or most respected, liked best player. Now, Domus Sabonis is inconsistent at times. It's particularly defensively, very inconsistent. He's pouty. He complains. He, you know, clearly isn't someone who seeks to lift up everyone else around him. And thus, we don't have a team. Whereas you you look at prime Victor Oladipo, prime Victor Oladipo wanted to get everyone else involved, wanted to make sure that everyone else was together, wanted to preach chemistry, team together, sharing the ball, winning, defense. Domas doesn't do that. And that's not his fault. It's not his role. It shouldn't be his role. We need a alpha. We need a leader. We spoke about it all summer. We still don't have it. And Justin, I feel like this team continues to take on that lack of personality and not be able to ever string together consistent, you know, chemistry, leadership, effort on the court. It takes, it takes an article from Shams to get a good performance. It's ridiculous. I couldn't agree more with the both of you. And there's a reason why Rick Carlisle brought in Ron Artest and Antonio Davis in the locker room after the game to speak to the team. And Rick mentioned these are the two best competitors in Pacers franchise history. And I actually read that and saw it and I thought, geez, this current group should be embarrassed seeing these people in the locker room because those two showed heart. Like, yeah, Ron Artest showed a bit too much heart maybe, but um, look, they, they were battlers and just as a fan, like if Reggie Miller walked through that locker room, I'd be, I'd be embarrassed as a player to say, hey, I'm an Indiana Pacer right now. Um, again, I know we stick up from Miles is the only one who has Indiana values at heart. He even said today he he loves the team. He wants to stay here and win here. Actually meant a lot to me after the you know report came out. He was the one sticking up saying, no, I want to stay here. Um, but yeah, the, the rest of the group, I just think, yeah, I don't want to be too harsh, but I just think you'd be embarrassed being in the presence of someone like Ron Artes and Antonio Davis. And I truly think that's why Pritchard and Rick Carla said, hey, get in the locker room here and talk to the players. Yeah, there's, there's really nowhere to go from here but change. And we've talked about it over the last few weeks. So we will continue to bring you content over the next few weeks. We'll continue to talk about some trade ideas, 
some potential trade destinations and partners, any reports that come out. We'll also talk about the games themselves and talk about try to talk about what we like as opposed to what we don't like. I think we've focused a lot on what we haven't liked because there's a lot to not like, but we'll talk about the young guys a little bit more over the next few weeks as well. But I'm really hoping this rebuild becomes somewhat of reality. We've been the Pacers. We will talk to you again next week. 